Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Mackenzie campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation, and our world. Hey, good morning, everyone. I hope you are really encouraged by that incredible story that we've just been able to see and hear together. Uh, it's great to be with you this morning in Gateway Online and just to bring the message today. And I hope you're encouraged by the stories that you've heard. And today is Commitment Sunday. And I'm excited about God and what God wants to do in us and through us as we gather together this morning. You know, if I've ever been asked, what do I want to be remembered for? There's often a number of words that come to mind. I'll say to people, I want to be known as someone that was kind. I want to be known as someone that was authentic. What you see and what you experience of me is consistent. And I'm honest and open about who I am as a person, both my joys and my struggles. I want to be known as a person of integrity. And often I'll say to people, I want to be known as someone who is generous. I'm really attracted to this idea of generosity. But I've got to be honest, right now, it feels like it's really hard to be generous because I constantly feel like I'm giving away money from my wallet. If I consider the last month and I think of the things that I've had to pay for, it feels like my hand is constantly going into my wallet. I mean, I've had to pay for my water bill. I wish it was that much. I've had to put my hand in my wallet to pay for our family's electricity bill and for the gas. There's the weekly uh, house payments. There's the weekly fuel bill and car payments. And with a family with five children, there is the endless putting my hand into my wallet for food. I always keep a little bit of side just for that coffee, which some of you might say is a luxury, but I see for those that I work with, it's really something that's more essential. Uh, my kids' education expenses. I mean, this week, one of my kids came home and they lost their tie, so down we went to the school again to buy a new tie. My milk frother, frother, frother. On my coffee machine, gave up this week after many years of great service, so something else that I had to put my hand in my pocket for. And then there's my kids, five kids. There is just an endless stream of money coming out of my wallet. Birthday parties, presents, football, kids club, on and on and on. Like me, you probably feel like your wallet is often empty. The downside to that is I often find myself thinking, I wish I had a little bit more money left over just for me, just so I could do something to treat myself. I mean, wouldn't it be great if I could take back the money from the water bill? I mean, it just feels like something that I have to pay for that I don't really want to. I mean, all it does is provide for me clean, hygienic, flowing water from every tap in my house that I can drink without a concern in the world. And it's so abundant in my household that I water my lawn with it, that I shower in it, and that I even wash my dog. I mean, imagine if I could take back the money that I had to pay for electricity. I mean, apart from charging everybody's phones and devices and powering up all the appliances and the lights that make life a little bit easier, all it really does is allow me to run the devices that enable me to climate control my house 
so that even in the heat of summer or the cold of winter, I'm always comfortable. I wish I could take a little bit of money back for myself, just that I have to pour into medical expenses. I mean, with all, all the children and all their needs and the different allergies and the different medicines we need, uh, it would just be so great if I could just redeem a little bit of that money. Or what about the money that I seem to constantly be forking out for fuel? I mean, all that does is enable a personal transportation device for every adult in my family. Surely it's not that necessary. You see, the more I think about the money that I fork out, the more I realise that I am a really generous person to me. You see, there's so much that I've just spoken of there that we take for granted. So many things that are just such a regular part of life that we forget the blessing that they are to us. You know, I've recognised in myself that I'm really proficient at building the kingdom of Andrew. A kingdom of great safety, security and comfort. You know, as I'm challenged about that, I recognise that nothing that I've just mentioned is wrong in itself. But, but the life that I'm called to as a follower of Jesus is one that is much greater than just building or maintaining the kingdom of Andrew. The life that you're called to is one that is much greater than just building or maintaining the kingdom that you build for yourself. As we do that, we're all invited to be part of something much greater. Actually, the very purpose for which we were created, which is to participate in the ministry and the work and the building of the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is such a beautiful thing. You know, today is Commitment Sunday. And even though we've wrestled as a church over these recent months about how we ask people to give in the season that we're all living through right now, we've determined that there is no greater thing that we can do together than to continue to bless, to continue to serve, and to continue to be generous to those that are doing it worse than we are. You know, this is a time and a season where it is really easy to think a lot about ourselves. But I want to suggest to us, church, that it's also a season where we need to stand up because it's the poor in our world that are actually suffering more than anyone else through this season. A recent report that was put out by the World Bank, which does a lot of research and study and, and assesses poverty across the globe, said this just in April this year. They said the COVID-19 crisis will have a disproportionate impact on the poor through job loss, loss of remittances, rising prices and disruptions in services such as education and healthcare. For the first time since 1998, poverty rates will go up as the global economy falls into recession and there's a sharp drop in GDP per capita. The ongoing crisis will erase almost all the progress made in the last five years. You know, this is a tough season for us to talk about giving. But right now, those that are the poorest in the world need us more than ever. And I reckon this is an opportunity for people of faith, for the church of Jesus to stand up and be the ones that lead the charge. I reckon this is a chance for us, Gateway, to lead the charge in being part of the solution. I, I want to ask just for a moment, what, what does the kingdom of God look like? 
And I want you to go with me for a moment this morning to Luke chapter 4. And to give you the context of this, Jesus has gone back to his hometown of Nazareth and he's visited his local faith community. He's gone back to his local synagogue. And as he gathers with his people, as the Bible tells us, was his custom to do so. He's selected this day to stand up and bring the reading of the scriptures. And on this particular day, Jesus selects a passage that comes from the prophet Isaiah. And the Bible tells us that he unravels the scroll and he stands before the community of people that have gathered and he reads these words from Luke chapter 4. He says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. Jesus then rolls the scroll back up and says to those gathered before him, today this scripture has been fulfilled in your presence. Many people call this the Jesus Manifesto. This is the moment where Jesus announces with the words of Isaiah the mission for which he was sent. He stands up and says, I am the fulfillment of this prophecy that Isaiah gave hundreds of years ago. I am the one that you have been waiting for. And Jesus stands up in his synagogue and gives a very pointed sermon. But he says, this is what happens when the kingdom of God breaks through. The kingdom of God is good news for the poor. The kingdom of God is good news for the broken. The kingdom of God is good news for the downtrodden and the oppressed. And as Jesus' ministry unfolded, as he walked out of that place and he dealt with people, we saw that the poor just came to him in numbers and they were cared for and they were valued. The oppressed were set free. The downtrodden and the forgotten were raised up and given value and honour and hope. They were shown grace and love. And Jesus shows us that in his kingdom, the kingdom of God, the place where the rule and the reign of God is everything, that it's good news for the poor, the broken, the downtrodden and the oppressed. And it's not just a good message. The kingdom of God is good news in both word and deed. You see, in the kingdom of God, people hear the message that there is a God in heaven who created them and loves them and values them and will do anything to know his grace, his redemption and his forgiveness. But it's also a message, not just in word, but in deed, where people's lives and circumstances are transformed as they experience the ministry of the kingdom. That is what we're invited to be a part of. It's not just something we hear about and embrace. The invitation Jesus then gives is that we as his followers take that kingdom message, both word and deed, to the streets, to the highways, to the nations of this world and declare the good news that Jesus is king. You know, our world right now desperately needs hope. Our world right now desperately needs the hope of Jesus. Now, I'm an avid news watcher, news reader. It's one of the first things that I'll do in the morning is I'll open up the news pages and find out what's happening in the world. And so often the news is depressing. I mean, if you think about all of the lessons of history, if you think about all of the information that we now have, 
If you think about all the mistakes that we've made that we should have learnt from, you'd think that we'd be in a different place. But as I've opened the news this week, the front page is all news around racial tension that in some parts of the world is simmering and in other parts of the world is exploding as things that have not been addressed are coming to the surface again. And many of us have felt the pain and the sting of that, not just in our own experiences, but in our own communities. As I open the news, I see that there's news and and kind of rumours of conflict and war and nations posturing for war and nations threatening other nations. As I open the news, I read devastating reports of family violence, domestic violence, of family breakdown, of drug abuse. I mean, these are just the first three or four articles every day. But the news is filled with the devastating brokenness of the world in which we live. This isn't 100 years ago. This is in 2020. Our world is desperately in need of the hope of Jesus. The Apostle Paul, a couple of hundred years after the time of Jesus, writes a letter to a church in a place called Galatia, where he says, I want to tell you about what it looks like when the kingdom of God breaks through into people. I want to tell you what the kingdom of God looks like in the way people gather and relate. And he says these words in Galatians 3. He says, in Christ Jesus, in other words, the one that announced the kingdom, in Christ Jesus, You are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptised into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. I want you to grab a hold of this vision of the kingdom for a moment, church, because this is what Paul says the kingdom of God looks like. There is no Jew nor Gentile. What he's saying there is there is no racial divide in the kingdom. All are one. There is no slave nor free. There is no class divide in the kingdom. There's no, there's no rich, there's no poor, there's no you know, those that have access and those that don't. He says, nor is there male or female. In other words, there's no gender inequality or divide in the kingdom. He says, when you come into the kingdom, there's only one thing you're known for. It's not your gender, it's not your class, it's not your race, it's not the colour of your skin. You're all just known as the children of God. In Christ Jesus, you are a child of God. That is God's picture for what things look like when the kingdom of God breaks through and the rule and reign of God is all in all. And that is the ministry that we are called to as his followers and as his church of bringing to bear as Jesus prayed on earth as it is in heaven, the kingdom of God on earth, the will of God on earth as it's already taking place in heaven. We are all just children of the King. You know, in this series, we've profiled and great video we've already seen this morning and every week through this to the ends of the earth and beyond series, we've heard some great stories of some of our gateway beyond workers that have been sent to the ends of the earth. And we've been inspired and encouraged by what God is doing through them and in them. And we today get to participate with them in the the work that they're doing, in bringing the kingdom of God to bear. But I hope as you've heard these messages, as you've participated in this series, as you join with us today, that you don't think this is about everybody else because every single one of us has been sent. We've all been sent 
to reach someone somewhere. Some of us, it's just next door or into the schoolyard where we go to school. Some of us, it's in our workplaces. And some of us, it's to the ends of the earth and beyond. But there's an invitation for all of us to participate in this kingdom work. You know, I want to say this to us this morning. Whenever you cook a meal for somebody who's lonely or isolated or doing it tough, that's heaven coming to earth. That's the kingdom of God breaking through. Whenever you speak the name of Jesus and you tell people of his forgiveness and his grace and his love, that's the kingdom of God breaking through. Whenever you go into your schoolyard, those of you that are students, and you look out for the kid that everybody else ignores or isolates, and you include them and you show them value and worth, that is the kingdom of God coming to bear on earth. Whenever you give generously of your time to serve others in love and to use the gifts and the skills that God has given you to build the church, to bless the community, that is the kingdom of God at work. Whenever you pack some food and deliver it to our care center so families in need can put food on their table, that is the kingdom of God at work. Whenever you teach your kids about the goodness of God in your lounge room, that is the kingdom of God at work. And whenever we give generously, to the work of the kingdom. That's the kingdom of God on earth. That is the work of the kingdom of heaven visiting earth. Yeah, Paul writes again a little bit later to a letter to a man named Timothy, an, an apprentice of his, and he writes these words. He says, Timothy, I want you to command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age, so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. You know, Paul makes a statement he says, Timothy, I want you to go and command those who are rich in this present world. Every time I read that, it's really clear who Paul's writing that for. But the question we all ask in that is, am I rich? Am I rich? And many of us, including myself, have probably asked that question at times and have answered it by saying, actually, I don't think so. You know, in 2011, I had the opportunity to go and visit um, one of our Gateway Beyond workers who was working at that time in South Asia. And we went and visited and we just looked at a lot of the work they were involved in, the people they were ministering to. And on one particular day, we went to visit a group of people that they had been ministering to in a slum area. Now we'd visited a whole bunch of other slum areas, but there was something about this day that has just burnt this experience on my spirit. It wasn't the biggest slum that we went to. It wasn't the most crowded slum that we went to. But there was something about it where I got to see and experience poverty in a way that I never had before. You'll see on the screen behind me a picture of the very slum that I'm talking about, taken on the day that we visited. And the things that struck me on this day, and it's hard to see in a picture because it's the whole a central experience of it, the smell, the noise, 
the dust in the air that was filling your nostrils. But we walked into this slum and we went to visit a family that a gateway beyond worker had been ministering to. And as we did, we crossed this creek. And there was a whole bunch of activity on this creek. You can see it. It's not a very big creek. It wasn't actually a creek. It was wastewater from an ice factory in an industrial area nearby. And the reason this particular slum community had formed where it had is because of the water source. And the slum was formed on council land, so the people living there were daily under the threat of someone coming and bulldozing their houses. And as we walked, I noticed that there were people filling pots from this source of water. Five metres downstream, there were people and animals bathing in this source of water. And a few metres further down, there were people using it for hygiene and sanitation. It was their toilet. See, there were no toilets in this community. It was just wherever you could find a quiet place. And we moved into the community and we went and visited a lady that lived there with her children. And as I walked into her house and I sat on the dirt floor and I looked at the walls that were made of pieces of tin or advertising signs that had blown off, uh, bits of sheet and tarp and really anything that they could find, I sat there and I experienced poverty in its greatest sense. And in that moment, I answered the question for myself of, am I rich? And so Paul says to people like me, Timothy, command people like Andrew, not to put your hope in wealth. But if you are someone that has wealth, wealth in itself isn't wrong. But here is what God asks us to do with it. He says, do good. Command those who are rich in this world to do good. To be rich in good deeds and to be generous and willing to share. That day in the slum, I resolved in myself that I would never complain again about having a roof over my head. A comfortable place, a comfortable bed where all my kids got to sleep. You know, right now across the world, there's millions of homeless and displaced people. In our own nation, there's 116,000 people that right now are homeless or displaced. Around 8,000 of those living on the streets and many more displaced because of family or domestic violence. You know, together, church, as we commit to giving the gateway beyond this year, we're going to continue to support the work of people like Anna and Bethany that you saw on the video earlier today that are working with street kids in Nairobi. But your gift is also going to help us grow and sustain the ministry of the Gateway Counselling and Wholeness Centre and the other ministries of Gateway Care that are working with a family breakdown and domestic violence. We can make a difference You know, as I I stood in that slum, I was handed a cup of coffee and I recognised that what was an everyday occurrence for them was now a huge issue for me because I know where the water had come from. And I resolved in that moment that I would never again complain about the world that I live in and the access that I have to clean water and hygienic places where I can bathe and go to the toilet. 
You know, across our world right now, 785 million people lack access to clean water. Many of those rely on groundwater or water that's filled with feces as their primary source of water. You saw Morris up here before, and over 25 years ago, Morris started an organisation in South Asia that educates the poorest of the poor and is involved now in projects like water purification because water is life. As you support Gateway Beyond this year, together, church, we make uh, bringing the kingdom of heaven to bear on earth as people are lifted out of poverty. As I sat there in that slum, I I resolved in myself that never again would I complain about raising my five children in a country with some of the best healthcare services in the world. Right now, across this planet, 2.8 million pregnant women and children die every year from causes that are largely preventable. That's not good enough. And as we together give to the ministry of Gateway Beyond, we're going to continue to to see people supported and projects supported, like the one that that together in the years past we've supported to see both the training facility at the Heal Africa Hospital and the child and maternal wing at Yachtcom in Uganda built so that people can be trained in good health care and women and children can receive great health care services amongst some of the poorest of the poor. As I feed my family regularly, I'm going to be reminded that 820 million people in our world right now don't have enough food to eat. And as we give to Gateway Beyond together this year, uh, Ryan, who we've seen over recent weeks, people like Ryan are going to be supported. Ryan leads an organisation in Africa that that amongst some of the, the many activities they're involved in, at times flies emergency food into some of the most isolated places of the planet. As I drop my kids to school tomorrow, I'm going to be reminded that education isn't something that everybody has access to. Right now across our globe, 796 million people are illiterate, with two-thirds of those being women. For a whole range of different reasons around safety, security, cultural issues, women have not had the same access to education. And we church through our gift of Gateway Beyond are going to make a difference in the area of education. Through people like Lyndall, who we heard her story a few weeks ago in our celebration of working uh, in educating families and helping them be empowered to be lifted out of poverty. You know, not all poverty is physical. And across our world today, there is a great biblical poverty or spiritual poverty. You know, there's 6,000 people groups that haven't yet heard the name of Jesus, that haven't yet had the opportunity to hear of his grace and his love and his forgiveness. And as you support Gateway Beyond this year, as we support Gateway Beyond together, we have a whole bunch of our Gateway Beyond workers that are involved in bringing the name of Jesus and his word into communities that have never seen it or heard it before. People like Rob and Liz that have just written the first Bible study to go into an unreached people group that have never been able to study the Word with the resources that some of our workers are now able to provide. 
You know, as our land, our series today, church, we are going to do something great together. Jesus gives us an incredible privilege. He invites us into His kingdom work. And all of us are called to go. We're all sent somewhere to reach someone. But there's a practical invitation in this moment for all of us that we might support the the people and the projects that God has called us to support. Right across this globe, people are going to be lifted out of poverty. The name of Jesus is going to be spoken throughout our local communities, through our gateway care ministries. Families are going to find hope. They're going to find help. They're going to find support because of your generous gift. In just a moment, our team is going to play a song and you're going to see on your screen some pictures from some of our Gateway Beyond workers and projects. And what I'd like you to do right now, if you've come prepared, now is the moment where we would love you to make your commitment as to what you're going to give to Gateway Beyond in this year to come. You know, if you haven't come prepared, there's going to be a button in the chat screen or you can go to our website, gatewaybaptist.com.au slash beyond and all the information is there for you right now online to make a commitment or to download the commitment form that you can email or post into us in these days ahead. You know, you can do this anonymously, but we invite everyone to tell us what they're able to give in the year ahead. You can choose to give today if you like, but today is really about a commitment about what your gift will look like over the next 12 months. And while for some of us that's a a really private exercise, we encourage and invite you to to let us know what that's going to look like because it enables us to set the budgets that we need to and, and to set in motion the support that is so needed. So can I encourage you right now, if you're sitting with your family, if you're on your own, if you're with some friends, just to take a moment before God to say, God, how can I take what you've given me? And how can I be part together of making a difference in the lives of many, many people, people that I may not ever get to see or meet this side of heaven, but who you are calling me to be part of bringing the kingdom of God to bear both in word and deed in their life. Why don't you pray with me right now? Lord Jesus, I want to thank you for the privilege that we get to give. I want to thank you that you showed us what generosity was. You you didn't just give a little bit to us. You didn't give us the leftovers. You gave everything, even your very life on the cross so that we could have life and know life abundantly and eternally. Jesus, I want to pray for those of us that have put our faith in you and are following you right now, that you would stir in our hearts just a vision of what it is to be part of your kingdom building work. God, we trust you for your provision in this moment. And we thank you for all those that that are part of our Gateway family that have heard the call to go. God, inspiring every single one of us, the mission field that you're calling us to. But for those that have gone to the ends of the earth and beyond, Lord Jesus, we just want to pray your blessing upon them today. We want to pray that their ministries would grow, that their ministries would expand, that more people would be blessed, that more people would hear the name of Jesus, that more children would receive health care. the more families would be restored and redeemed. Thank you, Jesus. We pray in your name. 
Amen. Why don't you enjoy the pictures that are going to come on screen? Why don't you take this moment to come before God and ask what it is that you can contribute to the work of Gateway Beyond in the year to come? Our God is the Lion, the Lion of Judah. He's roaring with power. He's fighting the battles. And every knee will bow before Him. Our God is the Lamb, the Lamb that was slain for the sins of the world. His church is that we get to be part of this together and this has been a really tough season none of us could have predicted the events of our world in the last six months and and right now I know as it comes the opportunity to give that there's some of us that aren't going to be able to give what we like or what we've given in the past but one of the beauties of being part of a church community is that we're all part of this together and together we're going to be able to be able to do much more than any of us could do on our own. Now, I just want to say thanks today for your generous gift. Lives are going to be changed. Communities are going to be transformed. People are going to hear the name of Jesus that never have before. And we're not going to get to meet any of those people. But the good news is that one day all of us that have put our faith in Jesus are going to stand in the great multitude of every nation, of every tribe, of every tongue, and all before God. Not known by who we are or where we've come from, but just known as the children of God standing before Him in worship, lifting our voices, lifting our hearts and declaring the goodness of our God. Why don't together as we stand here this morning, why don't we lift our voices and just get a little glimpse of heaven together as we sing a song to the goodness and the glory of God.
this morning and we're glad over the last few weeks you've been able to come with us to the ends of the earth and beyond. Hey, make sure you jump online again next Sunday as we start a brand new series called Love 
never fails. But whatever your week holds, I pray that you know the goodness of God and that you know the blessing of God. See you soon. We hope you've been blessed by this message. We are a growing family and we'd love to see you at one of our Sunday services because everyone who comes through our doors is welcome. You can find out more about our community and locations at gatewaybaptist.com.au. 